welcome another episode of Peak Game Fantasy Football Podcast with your host, Larry McCormick. Today, the name of my podcast, the name of this episode is The Art of Trading. A lot of people do not know how to trade and, and, and to make trades in their league. I don't know what it is. Me being a commissioner in leagues for 10 years now, I see individuals talk and talk and discuss trades for hours and hours, and no trade ever goes through. You know, and it seems like they can't get anything done. I'm here to help you fantasy managers out so you could be able to pull off trades, and I'm going to give you tips to get trades done in your league. But before I get to breaking down how to get trades done in your league, I want you to follow me on Instagram at peepgame44 and on Facebook at peepgamefantasyfootballpodcast. Big show today, but we got a lot of news to talk about around the NFL, so let's get to it. Word out of Denver is Albert O could replace the target Sarah that was lost by Tim Patrick tearing his ACL. They said they, they lining up Albert O all around the formation and looks like he may play a big part in this offense. Now, I know we was hearing word between him and the rookie tight end that they drafted who exactly was going to be the starting tight end for the Broncos. But if they are going to uh, have Albert O taking a lot of uh, share that Tim Patrick uh, had, Albert O could be a sneaky fantasy value, and you might not even have to draft him as it stands right now. You probably could pick him up off your waiver wire as we speak if you already have some drafts done. Matt Rue for the Carolina Panthers is not naming a starting quarterback until after their preseason game, August 19th. Now, we pretty much know that Baker Mayfield is going to be the starting quarterback. I don't know why Matt Rule was doing it. It makes no damn sense. To me, you want Baker Mayfield to get all the first-team reps with the offense, but I, I guess they don't want to hurt Sam Donald's feelings, so he's waiting until after the preseason game on August 19th to let everybody officially know that Baker Mayfield is going to be the starting quarterback. Isaiah McKenzie for the Buffalo Bills. He returned back to practice. He was gone for a few days. Uh, it's undisclosed. We don't know exactly what was going on with Isaiah McKenzie, but good to have him back in practice. LaVisca Sennott is dealing with a hamstring issue, so he won't be able to play in the Jaguars preseason game this week. Devontae Smith of the Philadelphia Eagles is dealing with a groin injury. Coach said it's day-to-day, so we got to see... Uh, for how long Devontae Smith is going to be absent from practice. Trevor Lawrence and um, and Travis Etienne will be starting in the Jaguars' next preseason game. We know neither one of them suited up for the Hall of Fame game against the Raiders, but they will be playing this week. Cortland Sutton of the Denver Broncos is dealing with a shoulder injury. They say he's day-to-day. I got high hopes for Cortland Sutton this year in this Broncos offense. I got him penciled in as their WR1. 
Hopefully, he won't miss uh, too much time dealing with this uh, shoulder injury. Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead is listed as co-starters uh, for his running backs for the Houston Texans and have Damian Pierce listed as the third running back on the depth chart. Now, I don't know what to make of Marlon Mack. We know this is his second year coming off his torn Achilles. I don't know if he got anything left. Rex Burkhead did have a few good games for the Houston Texans last year. I remember that game last year versus the Chargers, and they didn't have a good run defense last year, and Rex Burkhead dominated that game off the ground. But, I mean, we pretty much know what Rex Burkhead is for all of them years. He played with the Patriots. Marlon Mack, I think his better days are behind him. I really think eventually Damian Pierce will be the starting running back for the Houston Texans, and I've been hearing out of training camp that he's been the best running back in training camp. Now, I don't know. Maybe they don't want to get the helm to him off the break, being as though he's a rookie running back, but I do think eventually Damian Pierce will overtake Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead and be the starting running back. In funny news, Tyler Algier for the Atlanta Falcons is listed eighth on the depth chart as far as as far as running back. Yeah, you heard me right. Eighth. How the hell do you got eight running backs on your team? Now I know you gotta cut down, you know what I'm saying, by 53 before the season starts, but who the hell has eight damn running backs? You got that man listed eighth. You know, I they they even have defensive backs that was converted into running backs listed ahead of him. Now, I think their depth chart is a joke, and a lot of coaching staffs play around with these depth charts, and you can't read that much into it. I do think Tyler Algier eventually has a shot to be the starting running back for the Atlanta Falcons. I believe that Cordell Patterson will start the season off as their starting running back. But like I told you all before, if the season doesn't go right for Atlanta, they could bring bring in the rookie to see what he could do. Uh, you know, and that, that's what I think honestly might happen with the Atlanta Falcons. Yesterday we got word that Jaquem Grant, the, the good return specialist for the Cleveland Browns, tore his Achilles. So I'm sad to hear that. Hopefully he gets well soon, but he's out for the season. Today in scrimmage. Russell Gage uh, got hurt against the Miami Dolphins. They, Tampa Bay is running the scrimmage against the Dolphins, and he exited practice uh, on his own power. So hopefully it's not nothing serious going on with Russell Gage. But, yeah, that did just take place. Eno Benjamin of the Arizona Cardinals has surpassed Darrell Williams as the backup to James Conner, and he could possibly have the Chase Edmonds role. Uh, Kingsbury said that he liked the big step that Eno Benjamin has taken from last year to this year. He said that he's focused. And I guess, you know, I don't know what's going on with Arizona, but they said Eno had the same shit that was going on with Kyler Murray where he wasn't really looking at the playbook and studying the playbook to see what was going on. But they said now, you know, he's taking everything serious and he's he going to be a big part of you know, the Arizona Cardinals are a team in this year, and we already know James Conner does have injury concerns. So if James Conner was to get hurt during the season, 
Eno Benjamin could t- possibly be, be a top 15 running back. So I say, being as though we do know that James Conner does have injury uh, concerns, I don't want to call him injury prone, but I think if you do have James Conner or you plan on drafting James Conner in these upcoming drafts, that you should draft Eno Benjamin, last pick of your draft. Now, now, now it's time to get to the art of trading. First thing, do your homework. You got a fantasy draft coming up? Do your homework. Listen to my podcast, okay? Draft well. The better draft you have, the easier it is to get trades done, okay? Now, once your draft is complete and you're looking at your team, let's say, for example, you play in a, uh, let, let's say you play in a, in a standard league where a lot of formats like ESPN and Yahoo is, where it's quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and one flex spot, okay? Most leagues I personally play in has multiple flex spots, but I know the standard is one flex spot. Let, let's say after your draft, you feel like, you you're pretty good you you're pretty good at wide receiver as far as your two starting wide receivers and a few wide receivers that you have on your bench and possibly your flex but maybe you don't think that your running back situation is as strong as you would like it to be okay one of the first things you do is you look at every every uh, team in your league find a team that you feel is heavy at running back and may not be heavy at wide receiver, okay? So it would be easier for that trade to go through because you possibly have something that that manager needs, and he has something that you need, okay? So that works out best for the both of you all. Secondly, whatever league that you're in, you need to have every league manager's phone number, okay? Trades are always done best when you have everybody's phone number where you could call that person up and y'all could discuss on the phone to each other, you know, what that person is looking for, what they're not looking for. It's easier for trades to get done that way, all right? If you're just sending out a text to somebody, you don't have that person's, uh, that that person's info. Some leagues that you may be in, you may be in drafts with people that you never met a day in your life. Okay, if you're not able to sit there and have some type of communication, you're just sending a trade off. It might be a situation where you send a trade to somebody, and that trade just sits there day by day because either that league, even that other manager is not looking at the trade, or he maybe he's not even interested in it. So it's good to have everybody's number. You might you may call a league manager up and they say, hey, you know, I understand that you want to trade, but I like my team the way it is. I'm just gonna go by my draft and go by what I get off the waiver wire. I don't I don't want to trade. You will know that if you have everybody's number. You you know you you could feel what's going on. All right. 
when you and a league manager is talking about what is, you know what I'm saying, what he possibly would need and what you need. Let me get let me give you all an example. Let's say your wide receivers are you got Justin Jefferson and Cortland Sutton as your WR1, WR2. Pretty good combination. Let's say your WR3 is, let's say, Rashad Bateman. And then let's say on your bench, you may have a a Kadarius Toney, an Alan Lazard, and a few others. So you're pretty good at wide receiver, all right? The person that has that that's good on running backs has very good running backs, okay? He has a good RB1 and a good RB2. If you're coming after that league manager's RB1 or RB2, based on the, off the receivers that I named that you have, if he has a good RB2, let, let's say he has uh let me give an example for a good RB2. Let's say he has David Montgomery as his RB2. Okay. Nine times out of ten, if you try to offer that man Kadarius Tony or Alan Lazar, he is not going to take that trade. Okay, send him a trade that will make him think and, and make him appreciate. I'm telling you, as 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 a doing doing fantasy now for ten years, fantasy managers get offended when people send them stupid trades, okay, trades that has no chance of going through. They feel it's disrespectful as far as their fantasy knowledge for you to send them a trade that that, that makes no sense, like you're trying to get over on them. So the example that I just gave you, if that man has David Montgomery that you're trying to get up off of him, and you have the receivers that I named with Jefferson and Cortland Sutton and XYZ, you're probably going to have to sit there and you're going to have to offer, for example, a Cortland Sutton to try to get a David Montgomery. And if Cortland Sutton is not good enough, you may have to offer a Cortland Sutton and a secondary piece to really have that manager think about putting the trigger on that, depending on how bad he needs him a good WR2. You have, you have, that's what you have to do, okay? You, if you if you want something even bigger, let let's say let's say that individual, let's say his RB one is uh Derrick Henry. Nine times out of ten, if his RB one is Derrick Henry and stuff, he's not gonna take no offer. Probably if you're not including Justin Jefferson in that trade, and if you don't include Justin Jefferson, and he's still wanting to do business with you and stuff, then you probably gonna have to offer. Two receivers, two good receivers, probably a couple of WR2s, and maybe even, and maybe even, a a a, a secondary running back or tight end just to have him think. So, for example, for example, if you want Derrick Henry, and you got the receivers that I named, you may have to offer him a Cortland Sutton, a. Uh, I don't want to use Alan Lazard or Kadarius Tony because I feel like that's too uh, that's that's too low. Let let's say his his W oh, oh yeah Rashad Bateman. You might have to offer a, a Courtney Sutton, a Rashad Bateman, and some and a Courtney Sutton, Rashad Bateman, and possibly your RB two, whoever that may be. 
in order to pull that trigger off. You're going to have to make it worth that fantasy manager's while for him to think about it. The other day in a league, uh, I wanted a, a, a particular person. He had Alvin Kamar and he had uh, A.J. Brown. He didn't have good depth on his team. Okay, he had Drake London as his WR2. He was starting people like uh, Nikhil Westbrook from the Tennessee Titans in his flex. He, he didn't he didn't really have good depth on his team. My team is pretty much stacked because I drafted well, which I told you all. That's the first step in getting trades done, okay? So what I did, because I wanted Kamara and A.J. Brown, being as though I have Jalen Hurts, so I wanted that Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown combo, I already I already drafted James Conner and Derrick Henry. Those are my RB1 and RB2, okay? But I also had Travis Etienne, who I think is going to have a big year this year. And I had Eli Mitchell from the 49ers, okay? I was able to sit there and give him Travis Etienne and Eli Mitchell. And, and I also gave him Amon Ross St. Brown and Rashad Bateman for me to get A.J. Brown and Kamara, okay? So he got them four pieces with, with, with even though he lost his WR1 and his RB1, him getting Eli and ETN and him getting Rashad Bateman and, and Amon Ra, it better spread his team out where he got real good players in those spots. I was, I was, I can afford to do that based off of how well I drafted. So I was able to give him those four solid pieces to get them, some two pieces in return because I felt it was worth it. Now I have James Conner, Derrick Henry, and Alvin Kamara. My wide receivers, because I drafted well, not only do I have A.J. Brown to go along with Jalen Hurts, I also drafted Tyreek Hill. So now I feel like my team is loaded. Yeah, I lost some pieces and stuff, and I had to move a, a particular player up from my bench into my starting lineup because that particular league, you, we, we run three flex spots. So I had to move a player up to fill in that gap, but I felt it was worth it, you know, and he felt it was worth it. You know, we talked, we went back and forth, we communicated with each other over the phone, and you know, we had to counter each other a few times to get it right to how we want it, but we was able to get a deal done. That's how you do it. Don't disrespect a fantasy a fantasy manager, sending them some BS to, to try to try to get a lot back in return. That's not fair. And that person, if you hurt that person's I don't want to say hurt their feelings, but if you send them some bull crap, they may not ever want to sit there and ever try to make a trade with you the whole damn year in the league because they feel like you're disrespecting them. So that's right there um is my keys to help you all out getting trades done in your league, all right? Now, I'll be coming back to you all on Friday. I'm, I'm trying to think, am I going to run a mock uh, draft? I got a couple of individuals that will be on the podcast with me to do a mock. I'm either going to do that or I'm going to do my updated tight end ranking. So I got to give it some thought, but I will definitely be back on Friday with my next podcast. This is Larry McCormick, Peep Game Fantasy Football Podcast. I'll talk to you next time.